Incredible. Okay, let's um, can we uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's upcoming for these Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we're going on the road to Carolina. Carolina is the number one seed. Um, they've already beaten the Seahawks once this season. Although it's worth pointing out that it was on a inside the last thirty seconds deep bomb pass to um, Greg Olson that uh, we should have uh, we should have covered and didn't. So it wasn't like a thrashing. It was more like we just had a breakdown at the wrong time. Um, I will probably eat these words, but I really think that we are going to win, and it's not even going to be close. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast too beautiful to live coming to you from room 647 at the hilton atlanta in atlanta georgia the bay city i'm bobby pape and joining me let's start with seattle why not everett washington christy wise good morning good morning that will spin down to texas first we'll go to dallas and we'll say good morning to meredith good morning good morning and Mike Frizzell over in Austin. Good morning. Good morning, Bobby. You know you missed an opportunity. Uh, when you're in Atlanta, you have to be a douchebag and say you're in the ATL or Hotlanta. It's I refuse. It's local code. You have to say it. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the 404. Yeah, that's the area code. Right, 404, 678. There's probably three or four area codes at this point that you could go with. <laughs> I had a whole long spiel. I was going to talk about how I'm in the studio overlooking the Xanax tablet-shaped pool, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting on the end of my bed precariously with my mic balanced on my ice bucket, uh, and on and on and on and on. But we have a hard out today because this is a pre-Seahawks edition see yuck, see yuck, see yuck. of Little Red Bandwagon. <laughs> so let's jump right into our our LRB business and then onto our weekend review and all the rest. But uh, I see a note on LRB business. So uh, who wants to tell us about Ellie making buckets? <laughs> I put the note on there. We, <laughs> we didn't have Christy on last week and it's probably a good thing because Ellie had her first basketball practice slash game last week and they showed up and these kids are what Christy five, four and five, four and five. And the baskets were at the full 10 foot yes. level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meaning that there was maybe one or t- there were one or two kids in the gym that could get the, the these are still tiny balls. They could probably, yes. you know, they can get them up there pretty high, but but they couldn't make the ten foot baskets, right? No, no. Well, one kid could. Yeah, one one, one kid could actually do the thing that the yeah. game is centered around. And he was nailing three, like from the three point line, <laughs> over and over and over again. Right, and he's probably yeah, entering the, entering the NBA draft this year. Five year old right. was doing this. Yeah, and he is probably a foot shorter than Ellie. I mean, he's wow. tiny. Wow. He has hair down probably to his butt. Um, he had his shoes on the wrong feet. And I was just like, this kid's going to be a disaster because before it started. And then he he was amazing. But the best part is every time he you know scores, he does a victory lap. And he runs, <laughs> he runs the fastest I've ever seen a kid run. And the hair's like flying back. You know, you, you have to see it to believe it. And he runs the entire gym. Oh, they're also making them run full court, which at this age they normally do a half. Uh-huh. But they're running full court this entire time. And this kid just runs uh, all around and then is back in time. He's that fast to get ready to 
to go for the <laughs> next Cam one. Newton taking a first down. Oh, no, it gets better, Mike, because one time he nailed a three, ran, slid on his knees, and pointed up to God. <laughs> wow. Well, you got to give glory to, to mm-hmm. him. Or whoever it is that lives upstairs. Right. I mean, it could be like the rats in the rafters. I don't know. It could be someone teacher. wearing high heels early in the morning. <laughs> exactly. It could be. <laughs> and I sat next to his mom and she just shakes her head the whole time. And I said, does he run everywhere? And she said, yes, yes, he does. <laughs> I was like, I figured. <laughs> so so the first week, this Maravich kid is the only one that can make any buckets. Mm-hmm. But they got the baskets lowered to eight feet. So... Mm-hmm. Were there more kids that could make that? I imagine there's still yes. some that can't quite do it, but yes, it's at least a situation where it's not going to be a shutout, and it just depends on how many points the Maravich kid gets as to how bad the margin of victory is. It, exactly. So, well, as they as the coach, so the first day, you know, this kid, um, I think he probably got five five points, and the other team got zero. And so Ellie goes to the coach, "We're winning, right?" And he's like, oh, no, this is just for fun. She goes, yeah, but we have more scores, right? <laughs> and <laughs> so as they say it, he, the score is fun to fun. Oh, but God. my brother-in-law came yesterday. I mean, we probably had 20 people cheering on for Ellie. Um, and he kept score. And he said the score was 12 to 8. But the 8, it should really be six because at the end there, the other team had a kid with down syndrome. That is the cutest kid I've ever seen. And his coach picked him up and carried him and um, let him make a basket. So he said, that doesn't really count, but I'll give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, first of all, it's traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all these kids travel. The other, our team is, Ellie's really good at uh, dribbling. It's she doesn't really know what to do once she has it. She just kind of dribbles it all around, keeps going. And our team's really good at dribbling. The other one wasn't. They would grab the ball, tuck it in, and just run. How hard like is it's it a not, touch. To, not to call, not to scream out of it? <laughs> well, we're all saying dribble, dribble, dribble. <laughs> no. Okay, so you're being positive about it. You're not just yelling, yeah. traveling. No. You just took 25 steps. <laughs> no. But there is one kid who's kind of aggressive on Ellie's side his dad has what whatever a basketball little league dad would be um equivalent and he's sta- yeah. and i think he wants to be the coach and i'm glad he's not because he's very aggressive and every time ellie got the ball this kid would defend her and try to steal it they're not allowed to steal either but um and ellie finally said stopped him and said stop defending me i'm on your team yeah. yeah, not only are you not supposed to steal the ball, but I'm on your team. Right. So back off. Yeah. We talk a lot about the two kids uh, in a trench coat. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just picturing two kids, Ellie on somebody else's shoulder in a basketball penny, <laughs> trying to make these 10-foot shots. Well, she got um, one game time and then two during practice but what's really funny is that they always practice in the same spot um, right in front of the basket so all the kids dribble and then have to line up right there (laughs) (laughs) this is where you shoot right here so the coach needs to show them next week maybe that they can be other places sure Sure, because it w- if the other team actually is allowed to defend, all they have to do is defend that one spot. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. 
Oh, what? It's just going to look like a penalty kick, just a block yeah. line. <laughs> uh, one more question, and then we really got to get on to our weekend review. Uh, does this team have a name that rivals the Green Grasshoppers? Um, it's the Lions. Um, that's a shout out to Duff right there. Um, <laughs> Ellie just said, how about the Lions? And everyone just voted for it. So they got to be whatever they wanted to. Uh-huh. And they are light blue, so it makes sense. I'll tell him. He'll like okay. <laughs> Great. And, and because they wanted to have a better reputation than being the Pistons. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> Well, Uh-oh. if they are truly are the Lions, they'll lose their first like four games and be eliminated from playoff contention immediately. Probably fire their coach as well. Well, if the Lions could play fun to fun, then it would all be good. <laughs> They'd make they would make the playoffs for the first time in twenty years if it, if fun to fun was the measure. Fun to fun is the NFL owners' profit sharing plan, right? <laughs> fun for you know a handful of people. Um, Let's move on to. I have one other um, housekeeping thing or whatever news. Yeah. Just uh, Wagoneer Justina wrote to us and said, there is a Frasier podcast. It exists. Mm. <laughs> of course it does. It's called Talk, Talk Salad and Scrambled oh, no. Eggs. No, no, of course no, it no, is. No, 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 no. <laughs> I knew no. that's what you were going to say before you said it. I know, right? <laughs> so there you go. We can't have that as an option. Well, I guess we're just going to have to pick another another TV show. Uh, I thought we were going to do West Wing. West Wing would be great. Wings would be great. <laughs> CSI Miami. <laughs> Listeners, oh, no. get at us with what show you think we should break down episode by episode. And it can't be something I've seen or will ever see. Because I want right. to be the one who breaks down episodes he hasn't seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so try early to mid nineties. Cause we'll just hit shows from when Mike was hey, in prison. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> On to our weekend review Monday episode number 2030 smacking of effort. Uh, we start with talk of the Seahawks last minute win over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uh, for the Vikings, that was defeat ripped from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a surprisingly small number of texts with Stubot on that Sunday between Luke and Andrew and Stu. Although they started out by saying none. And then as the conversation went on, some sort of came out. But I'm I sure if he were cold. home. Yeah. If he were home, he would have been texting like crazy, but he was at the game and he was probably, you know, pretty celebratory. He, he laid down some pretty good burns on the Seahawks fans that were there. Oh like Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's be honest. I bet a lot of them didn't understand what he was saying, even if he did say that to him. Yeah, he's a, he might be a little bit above the average fan's head. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is a recurring theme throughout the week, so maybe we can just kind of pick it up as it goes. Uh, we also get conversation early on about another thing that comes up through the week, which is the death of David Bowie um, or the life of Bowie Bergdahl, depending on which way you want to look at it. <laughs> um, Luke talks about how the Changes Bowie album got him through the teen pregnancy summer of his life. Um, do you guys have Bowie stuff that you want to get out of your system? I don't mind going first on this one. I, I am someone who was not that affected by the death of David Bowie. And the reason is not because he didn't have a fantastic career and do all kinds of great things. But when I was 
like coming of age and and starting to really appreciate music like in my late high school and college years that was when uh Bowie was at his worst um it was <laughs> like the the early 80 early and mid 80s when i think every rock and roll star was completely buried in a mountain of cocaine and that's when <laughs> like let's dance that thing came out and i was like i'm out on this guy i i can't I can't do it. So it, it turned out that I didn't listen to a lot of his earlier stuff because the stuff that came out when I was starting to listen to music was so bad. Uh, I'm realizing now over, over the passage of time that, that he, he did a lot of great music and he, his acting was pretty good too, but I was just so offended by what was presented to me when I was just learning about music that it put me off for a long time. Yeah, no, fair enough. I played a lot of Bowie at trivia all week. Uh, just, I'm a fan. I was, I've been a fan. I grew up enjoying David Bowie. Uh, but I was thinking about that same thing. I would say everything I played was from the seventies, except maybe modern love. And they're just, I skipped over that era completely when it got yeah. really, really rough. <laughs> that was the era like when uh, Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, they're all like doing all these duets and these just awful songs together. And I just imagined the drugs that were being done. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, Bowie thoughts? I guess I appreciate his artism, but I was never a huge fan. I, I don't think I have any Bowie in my iTunes. Um, but, you know, I, it's kind of nice um going through facebook and and playing all the songs that people are posting and i i can appreciate that it's enjoyable but i just don't have a huge personal connection to it i would say i'm the same i mean i loved labyrinth and uh when he was on the muppets <laughs> but other than that yeah he really seemed to have a great sense of humor about himself yeah which you wouldn't expect yeah. from the music because the music sometimes would take a turn towards the pretentious but he seemed to really have perspective on himself. I'll tell you what I hate though. Uh, this week on Facebook, what I hate is that it was, Oh no, he's dead. This is why I remember him and I'm, you know, having feelings about it. Oh, this is why you shouldn't like him because in his past he was a douche. Oh, this, the slave the perspective. That yes. The people that swing that way. And it's like right. anyone who likes him, he, he cheated on his wife in 1975, and so you should all hate him. Who didn't cheat on their wife in 1975? Yeah, he's a rock star that was into drugs. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That's uh, the reason just, you would want to time travel back to 1975 and be a rock star, just so you could cheat on your wife with impunity. Right. right. Yeah. It just occurred to me, has anyone checked the ratings for Fresh Air this week? I'm curious if they <laughs> just put together a, a British... Breakdown. We, we, in in uh, in 1999, we talked to somebody whose dog ran through the yard of someone who knew <laughs> David Bowie, and we're we're playing that nerd exclusive. Now. <laughs> oh wait, are you talking about uh, the what's the Cairo show that's on at about nine o'clock at night? Jason Rance. No, it wasn't Jason Rance. But anyways, last night they had someone that lives in the county. That making a murderer happened. <laughs> right. Get the unique wow. perspective of someone who drinks in a tavern with somebody who knew right. Steve Avery. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was so terrible that I had to listen to the whole thing. Sure, I'd be all over that. But that's how Cairo's getting listeners. 
It actually explains how TBTL stayed on the air for over a year. Yeah. Frank, Frank the news junkie, interviews someone from Manitowoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, your top story, Sean Penn and El Chapo uh, leads to a conversation getting on our media about the integrity of Rolling Stone versus actual news outlets. Um, interesting that the guys have really differing opinions on whether or not Rolling Stone should be held to a reasonable standard and whether or not something like the New York Times should be held to a reasonable standard about giving other people final approval. Maybe it's only interesting to me because I have a degree in journalism. Hey, I'm right there with you. I got I have a useless degree in broadcast journalism <laughs> as well. Um, I, I agreed with Luke on this one. I, th- I think you can excuse it. Um, if it's the only way anyone's ever going to talk to somebody – then I think you can excuse it. But the the horse is out of the barn on Rolling Stone and their um, their integrity after the uh, Virginia story. The, yeah. The UVA. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. – you know, come on, guys. They, they're they dead as far as I'm concerned, like integrity-wise. But still, that doesn't mean they can't do interesting journalism. I mean, like uh, um, TMZ does interesting journalism and important mm-hmm. journalism and they have no integrity. So I, yeah. I don't think those things have to be in lockstep. Did, I actually, did rolling was Rolling Stone ever considered a reputable news source, except for, for like rock and roll stuff. Uh, in for, the old days. Yeah. It's like an yeah. entertainment magazine, right? It's like yeah, entertainment weekly. They had more long form writers who would pursue bigger stories more often. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, they did deeper dives on artists. Right. Gonzo journalism was, they were one of the main outlets for, for that. But just like people magazine, but with better writers, right? Longer leashes, you know, just a, just a better format for fleshing out um, personalities and like real, sprawling stories you know stuff yeah. that a newspaper or just your gq or whatever wouldn't wouldn't bother and i would say that they had they used to write like that with an intent to write those stories not just an intent to create something that would sell magazines yeah that's that's you know, where with people magazine changed. those stories are chosen because it'll have you know curb appeal as people are walking mm-hmm. by them in the grocery store or whatever uh, i did not renew my rolling stone subscription after the uva thing but mainly because I didn't have any more United Airline miles. Sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of finding integrity in weird places, Luke finds Jim Carrey's comments at the Golden Globes profound, uh, juxtaposed to Ricky Gervais being a dick. I think Luke uh, sees himself in Jim Carrey's comments. I mean, I think it hit him harder than it would have hit anybody because he, he – is self-conscious about uh, how he seeks approval. I thought that, that it was pretty great. Did I mean, did you guys watch it or listen? Yeah, I saw it live, actually. I didn't watch all the Golden Globes, but I happened to catch that and then, then, then the replay. I didn't think it was as profound as Luke did. Um, well, I, I think that more and more actors are trying to make those speeches at award shows. So I just felt like maybe he was just trying to make his mark. Right. I guess I feel the same way. It's like he, I wouldn't have thought twice about that speech unless Luke had replayed it 
And I feel like there's always at least one person at every awards show who makes a speech about how stupid that award show is. Like, <laughs> you really um, felt that way. Why is he there? You yeah, know? because why are you there they, accepting an award if if you think it's all bullshit? Well, they're supposed to go there. So the when they're he probably has a movie coming out, and so the the they make them go and mm-hmm. he didn't accept an award. He was giving an away giving oh. one away. And I think he definitely went off script on that. That was not on the teleprompter of what he's supposed to say. No, I, I, I'm I think it's I think it's a good sentiment and I'm glad he said it, but I don't know how I mean if you're all in on that sentiment, uh you don't do that kind of stuff. You don't you don't Well maybe it was um a direct message straight to Leo. Hmm. Leo's feeling himself these days. I guess so. <laughs> uh, according to IMDb, Jim Carrey has two movies coming out in 2016. True Crimes, a murder investigation of a slain businessman turns to clues found in an author's book about an eerie, eerily similar crime based on a 2008 New Yorker article by David Gran. And The Bad Batch, uh, a dystopian love story in a Texas wasteland and set in a community of cannibals. Hmm. Oh, so it's not a bad batch of vaccines? I didn't see the end of that sentence before I started it. (laughs) Uh, My guess is that he's also trying to peg himself as a serious actor before these not dumb and dumbers come out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's done it before, but... Oh, I just wanted to say if TBTL needs an awards um, correspondent, they should have me because I'm all about it you you won't nod it's out so on heroin weird. And, and not watch the show like <laughs> no i will not do that but um yeah for some reason i love it like golden globes the sag awards the oscars it's just one thing that i'm actually into i hate the grammys and that kind of stuff but the anything else cullen oh. loves that stuff too and and i find that if i walk in the room while it's on i get sucked into it but i don't seek it out <laughs> Yeah. I like try to see all the movies that are nominated and stuff like that. Any other thoughts before we move on to our no point nope. conversion? Uh, looking back on that Seahawks victory, Andrew almost passed out. Uh, Have you this- seen the picture? It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He really likes that shirt. He, I think he was wearing that shirt at the Mariners game. Yeah. And that's it. That's there are very of similar pictures of him at the Mandarin at the Bush Gardens mm-hmm. after that game, uh, looking similarly shocked and drunk. Is it a good good luck shirt, or is it just? It looks good on him. I yeah, think. I think it just fits. If which it is fits a good luck nice. shirt when you're a man of a certain size. <laughs> it, it fits. It fits well and it looks good. Those colors look good on him. Yeah, if yeah. I had that shirt, I'd wear it too. I just can't find the two X in the slim cut like he's like he has. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, Bobby, the about the no point conversion this week. Um, the Luke, the only way Luke really embarrassed himself <clears throat> this week is when he called uh, Cam Newton an average quarterback. Maybe cracking the top 10 cam newton is the mvp of the nfl this year mm-hmm. so he's arguably the best player in the entire league and um <laughs> and luke doesn't he luke seems to be stuck during cam's uh like rocky uh, rookie year he, he, he took one snapshot of cam when cam was struggling 
and that's what he has in his mind and no evidence to the contrary will ever even a, even a loss to Cam Newton in CenturyLink Field mm-hmm. did not do anything to dissuade Luke from saying Cam Newton is an average football player. Well, it doesn't really matter because the Seahawks are going to roll the Carolina Panthers. The now, Ravens we're recording this before the game comes out and who knows what's going to happen in a few hours. Uh I you know, I've got no dog in this fight, but I hope Seattle wins because I don't want y'all to be miserable later. Uh but yeah, clearly Cam Newton is just an excellent quarterback. Like there's just no questioning that. And Luke's just going to be convinced of that. Even if the Seahawks do lose today, I'm knocking on all sorts of things you'll hear on the mic. Uh, it's not going to be because Cam Newton was a great quarterback, according to Luke. Yeah, he he doesn't get it. Um, there's a lot of sports to unpack, but we don't have to get too deep into it. What is this ridiculous wave song, though? Is that a thing that people knew about? Um, Christy, had you heard that song before? No. I hadn't heard it either. There's one song that I'm really familiar with um, from the mid-80s, I think it is, early mid-80s, and that's The Blue Wave is on a Roll. It was written by Pat Cashman, who is the father of um, Luke's agent, Morty. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's pretty it's pretty catchy it's pretty entertaining and i'm surprised they haven't played that because the one they played was that was pretty bad mm-hmm. yeah let's uh let's roll on to tuesday twenty thirty one. the baton of alienation i can't believe we got through all these alienation references without talking about <laughs> andrew's nickname alienation so hurtful. we should never bring that mm-hmm. up I, I i mean i i have i make sport of andrew more than anyone on this show, but that is an insult that's out of line. I agree with you, but talking about alienation. <laughs> see, see, you're Burbanking it. You keep. I, I get painted as the villain, yet you're the one who keeps bringing up alienation. That's really awful, but it's in the title of the show. Uh, Luke's on a broken boat. They have a false start recording the show. In a few minutes, Luke's battery is about to die and he comes back in on the phone. Um, but he's having a red letter day because uh, This American Life re-aired his, his, uh, his thing from years ago. And he uses that opportunity to do his impression of Ira Glass doing an impression <laughs> of Strong Bad. Uh, Andrew's neighbor canceled his New York Times subscription. <laughs> That was unbelievable. I I mean, like he said, you made me just answer five questions to talk to you. How did they get through? (laughs) And and they cancel my Ebony subscription. That's what I want to (laughs) know. Maybe you could gift it to someone else. (laughs) You're going to have to fly somewhere on United first. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Get just just a very small amount of miles. Just take one little jump on United. <laughs> uh, where else do we want to go with Tuesday? It was kind of a mess show because of Luke being on the boat, not his phone. I think um, we need to talk about his moment of silence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was you guys' take on that? Was that important taste? Yes. Yes. I'm sure it was poorly executed. Well, I just think it's not 
the right crowd. I mean, this is a crowd that is so excited about a music festival. They're going to another event to hear who's going to be at the music festival. That's a good point. So, so the David Bowie thing, that really hit. That was, that's where that should have been. But the kicker, no one got They may not that. have even known what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they probably thought he was, I mean, it was just convoluted. It was, it was weird. It was like one of his tweets. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. He, he's thought it through too much. You, you got off a funny line and just get out. Yeah. Uh, so the top story was that Luke was on his phone, but really the top story was the gentrification of Sesame street as mm-hmm. it starts its life on HBO. Oh, and also that Luke still hates recycling. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched Sesame Street in a long time. Ever? Oh, okay. No, not ever. I <laughs> I was raised by a single parent. Uh, PBS taught me everything I know. Exactly. <laughs> I did know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. I actually don't have a problem with this partnership. I know a lot of people are really up in arms about it, but the shows get to PBS eventually. I think the problem is um, there are streaming options that will no longer be available for free online. And so parents who want to stream this for their kids are going to have to get like an HBO Go subscription or something. Well, it's going to end up at PBS. So will it not be streaming on PBS once it gets there? I don't know the details, but I think that might be the case. Hmm. I think but what, you could just borrow could, somebody's HBO Go password. Right, that's what I was going to say. Cool. Is like rent one of those trucks that, that, that has a billboard trailer and just put your HBO Go password on it and just drive through <laughs> Well, I I just think that um, this is a good partnership because now they don't have to rely on the PBS, like the donations. I mean, it's from donations and tax dollars, and now they don't have to rely on that. So I think that it actually will make Sesame Street be a long-term right. situation right. over hoping that the government doesn't cut it out of their budget every year. I know that that's a huge thing that they're constantly having to go to Congress and make sure it doesn't get cut. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it will be uh, higher quality just because HBO is involved. And they won't make the little kids sit through a Viking river cruise ad before they <laughs> have to watch. Yeah, exactly. I just, um, if anyone watched Friday Night Lights, they had this situation where it got canceled from the network, but the president of the channel loved it so much that he sold it to DirecTV. And then part of the deal was after it after it was completely run through on DirecTV, it got to be I was it on NBC. It got to then play yeah. on NBC after the fact, and that was amazing because we got to have more Friday night lights and it was just a great relationship. And I think it turned out to be content for the NBC sports network, which they were launching too. So I think it worked in a lot of ways. For yeah. them. That's good. Cause the only thing I know that NBC sports net has is terrible hockey announcers. Yep. They have hockey. <laughs> yep. uh, in addition to the voicemail about strong bad, we got an email from a woman who works um, technical support for an adult website. 
<laughs> Confirming everything we discussed last week about how guys fall in love with ladies on the tech support lines. <laughs> yeah, I bet golf man's on there right now falling in love. <laughs> That's a good point. I did the intro fast. You didn't mention it. But if you haven't gone back and listened to Saturday's show yet, uh, Mike and I talked to Patricia Lopez, uh, the Tenverite, about all things golf man. And that episode delighted me to no end. Even just listening back to edit it, I listened back to it again after that. I enjoyed it so much. So please, everybody, go take a listen That's to pretty great. Saturday's show. <laughs> Let's go to Wednesday, 2032, Horde to Taste, which I thought was a really great organic title. Yeah. Um, much better than starting with the Blair Walsh Project. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Andrew's equilibrium is thrown off because he has another ear infection. Mm. Uh, and he's been given some pills. Uh, and I have a note here about Q-tips because he's not supposed to use Q-tips because no one is supposed to use Q-tips. <laughs> but everyone uses Q-tips, don't yeah. they? Right. Uh, I love Q-tips. It's I one use... of the best feelings in the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. It is. Yep. I don't care yeah. what it does to me. <laughs> <laughs> my my um, I have ear issues too. And my doctor says I'm supposed to like put this liquid stuff in there and like lay down for 20 minutes and then that's just supposed to clean it. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. It does not. No, then you just have a bunch of shit in your ears that you have to get some Q-tips in there to get <laughs> right, it out. Right. And there's nothing worse than that. Uh, the liquid, like, you know, when you get water in your ears when you're swimming or something and it drains out yeah. that feeling is just so not oh it's so gross um judging from everybody's notes i think we were all excited at the prospect of andrew with pain pills and booze <laughs> i i am just jealous yeah. <laughs> i i mixed those two i mixed booze and pills once on accident that was a bad night <laughs> were you at home? on the kitchen floor you you experimented with this at home? Was it an experiment, or did you just think it was gonna you know it was gonna be uh, great? Do you guys remember when I cut the tip of my finger off? Oh, yeah. on the mandolin. Mm -hmm. I was making veg, uh, zucchini noodles, and I just sliced the tip of my finger right off. Um, and it wasn't a ton of skin, but I couldn't get it to stop bleeding, and I went. I had to go to the urgent care to get it to stop, and they didn't give me anything for pain, and that's cutting a lot of nerve endings. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was okay. And then when I went to go to bed, I laid down and it was like my whole hand was on fire. Yeah. So I couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. And I said, well, I don't, I thought I had some extra Vicodin. I couldn't find it. So I was like, I guess I'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Um, and that helped a little bit. And then I found the Vicodin. <laughs> oh, 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 no. But so I had, had the wine. The so search. I was like, well, this is a good idea. I'll just take a Vicodin. <laughs> and then I just got real dizzy and fell asleep on the floor in the kitchen. On the floor. Oh my! How, what's it was that nice process? and cool. You sat, you sat down and then you laid down. I mean, or did you fall? Yeah, I think down? I was. I was maybe getting myself some water, and I got a little dizzy, so I kind of grabbed the counter and kind of crumpled down <laughs> the ground. Oh my! Those mandolins are dangerous, and yes. it's such a clear cut because they're so sharp yeah. that you don't even realize it's happened. Oh, it's an amazing picture. I did I send it to you guys. <laughs> I don't it's know. gross. Yeah, it's I, like a perfectly clear cut i think it if, was like just about when i was getting to know you and i think you did send it to me and then your profile picture was was finger. you all bandaged up with the yeah finger. after i went to the urgent care right yeah that was that night if my microphone wasn't precariously perched on an ice bucket we would have a different show picture for today 
I can share it if anyone wants. It's a little yucky, though. Um, does anyone else have experience with pain pills? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, Mike does. His is better. But um, I just have one thing to say, To and this might be on the same lines that Mike wanted to say, especially because he got a shout out during it, but um, <laughs> is that if Andrew is worried about it, and he says no to the pills at the doctor, or he has some ever left over, he does not have a problem. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. (laughs) He does not have to worry about that. You should always say yes to Vicodin. Mm -hmm. Always fulfill that uh, prescription because you never know when you're going to cut the tip of your finger off. And also, even if you personally, it's not for you, um, think about your friends. Exactly. Think about your spouse or whoever it is that might enjoy a little... uh, trip to la la land once in a yeah, while all of our medical and floor. law enforcement friends listening uh that's all hypothetical mike <laughs> would never share a prescription controlled substance medicine <laughs> with anyone other than the person it's prescribed to in the prescribed dosage no you're right just getting that in the clear see i would rather have a half of vicodin than drink alcohol I can see that. It's, it's cleaner. It's it, mm-hmm. Nobody can tell how high you are. <laughs> it doesn't do much for me. I, I've i got half a bottle of Vicodin kicking around the house somewhere, and I save it for a rainy day. But it, it's sort of just a light numbing, but not – there's no euphoria or yeah. – I don't know. It makes me very nauseous and itchy, so mm. it's not something I would do for fun. You might be ever. a little allergic to uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the reactions are all over the board, but believe me, when it's right for you, you'll know it. Right, Christy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because I can keep bottles here uh, forever. I mean, like years, I'll have this and just be like, oh, okay, you know, I don't feel very good today or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have a half of one. So I don't have a problem, but I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know Mike's history with pills, uh, shoot us a message, post it on the LRB page, and we'll send you the links and links and links upon links of our <laughs> Um Somebody keyed Vive's car. Ugh, that's too bad. Ellie never, is the worst. Yeah, I've never had that happen to me, uh, thankfully. Um, though I drive a Toyota Yaris. I don't think anybody's going to go out of their way to Kia Toyota Yaris. Mm. Yeah, I had, you, you got nothing to lose. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had my car keyed in Belltown. It's why I never go to Belltown anymore. Um, they did the whole hood of my car, oh. and I had a week before that someone had slashed my tire outside of Belltown, and so I just as soon as I saw that they had keyed the the whatever hood of my car i called my friend that's a car salesman and i said i'm done and i drove to there and traded it in because i was over it and so i never some, go back to belltown what what was there a word keyed into it was nope, there something just super deep just line across for no reason and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and i was across the street at a starbucks um this this is when we spilled into a story about childhood vandalism, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I have a little bit of background with this, actually. Um, I 
I wasn't a terrible kid. Most of the time I was actually a goody two shoes. I'm sure you're all shocked, but mm-hmm. um, I had a friend when I was in elementary school, late elementary school who lived a little further out in the country than I did. Uh, and his house was on a fairly main road. Like it was only a two lane road, but it was a big two lane road. And it was like a 55 mile an hour road. And it was the kind of road that people would go from town to town on. So a lot of people who didn't live right there would be driving through. Uh, this guy was handy, you know, good with tools. His dad was a mechanic and he would put nails out in the road, sticking no. up so that when people hit them and got a flat, he could go change their tire and see what kind of tip he could get for it. Mm. Not bad for a 10 year old, right? Mm. I don't know, man. That's, that's diabolical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was terrible. He was a little bastard. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't know where he's gotten from there. I'm sure no, we're good. It's better than the straight vandalism though. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. At least, at least it's industrious. Right. There's a, there's a shot at aiming for some, some profit there, mm-hmm. but that's just, it's not a good hustle. No, no it's terrible. Yeah. But I bet, I, would- I bet he could have gotten work with a pit crew later on, you know, with all his experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised by wolves, so there were some summers where we would all sleep outside on my neighbor's uh, trampoline, and there was never any sleeping going on. So we'd get up at 2, 3 in the morning and go roam the neighborhood wrapped in blankets. And But we never did anything all that terrible. We would cut flowers and change you know, the letters on signs to make them say funny things. That's <laughs> about as bad as it got. Yep. I did a lot of you know egging and TPing houses. That's I've never what done girls... that. That's really destructive to me. Yeah. I feel bad about it now. Um, yeah, there was a really, really bad one that I probably, there, I don't know if the statute of limitations is up, but um, it just seems like that's what girls did at slumber parties. Mm-hmm. I always like to think that we just like giggled and tickled each other in pillow fights, but it was really mostly waiting to go out and teepee houses. Also some light petting is what we imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's after. Practice kissing. That's what I always. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had one thing to say. Luke told a story about stealing his friend's mom's maxi pads and putting them all over the school. And I have two things to say about this. Number one, those are expensive and that's really rude that they did that. And two, Luke has two wives, a daughter and four sisters. How did he not know how they work? Well, it's not like we're standing in the room when you Put them on. I was but thinking about this, on. and not to get too gross, but like, has he never done laundry? You forget every now and then. <sighs> like, probably so hasn't many- done laundry. Let's yeah, be honest. <laughs> but there's so many opportunities to just come upon this information that I cannot believe with all those women in his life that he didn't know. Well, and also he he handled over a hundred of them as he they put them up on the school. Yeah, but he thought that was like just this brand has that. Like how. <laughs> yeah, just- we're still not attaching them to belts anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. Huh. I see LRP merch. <laughs> no, it's all a mystery to us. Bobby, am I right? I mean, you you guys just go do your thing. We don't want to know. I embrace the mystery. I also am usually the one who empties the bathroom garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh I just look the other way as much as humanly possible. <laughs> but I mean, Andrew knew how it worked. 
Andrew's a woman. Uh, well, I? Andrew has one sister, one mom, and one longtime girlfriend. That was mean. I take that back. I retract yes, that. Also, just watch. Also, just watch a commercial. Yeah. They're on commercials all the time. Uh, we where they pour the blue liquid. I was about to say, about according according to commercials, you all are just venting pints of two thousand flushes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that part's accurate. <laughs> Our, and they do uh, fly around. <laughs> well, they have wings. Yep. Uh, the Rams are going to L.A. Uh, uh, the the Rams fan is really upset. That's <laughs> well. I've gone to a Rams game in in St. Louis. Those fans don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. I mean, it was half full. People were heckling their own team. Um, they left <laughs> halfway through. I mean, it, it was by the end. And it wasn't even a blowout game. It was pretty close. And um, by the by halftime, it was it was empty. Yeah. Let's face it. That's there's going to a game is a lot of steps for someone from the Midwest to be climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, top story for Wednesday, um, the adorable messages from school children to Blair Walsh. I loved that. Oh, so cute. I <laughs> would say that that should be the clip of the week, except it's already the clip of the week for the rest of the world. And I would much rather wait and use the clip of Stubot making fun of it. Mm-hmm. With this kid. <laughs> right. Um, they were adorable. And that was super thoughtful. That teacher deserves some serious credit for thinking of doing that. I like the well, one the one message um, when they said, uh, at least you're still handsome, because that's what's yeah. important. Oh, and he is. is he yes, handsome? he is. How, oh. I mean, if you Google image him, he needs to shave because oh, he pretty. kind of has like a, a dirt stash, but he's amazing, right? Let me see. He's got those Cro-Magnon eyes a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, this is good. So when he's well, listed who's, next year. Who's, who's sexier, Blair Walsh or Stephen Hauschka? You got to go with the Mike. <laughs> no, you gotta, well, ask, ask your, your betrothed. I mean, he wears the Hauschka jersey, so. Yeah. Ooh, one. You know, the first guy. The first guy. This guy looks, uh, Stephen Hauschka is a little, uh, a little white, white bread, like, he could like tell you how to um, put your finances in line, or he might date rape you. He looks a little like that droopy dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blair Walsh is going to be the sexiest man alive who works in an Enterprise Rent a Car in a year. No, <laughs> he still got the only points that that team had on the board. Let's re- remember that. I agree with you. But Blair Walsh, I'm at the repair shop. I need to rent a car. <laughs> you know how the NFL works. Kickers. Kickers' those, careers are ruined in a moment. With those looks, though, he's not going to be working at a Jiffy Lube. No. No, no with those looks, he will be working at a Jiffy Lube if he knows what's good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blair Walsh, it was good to know you. Sorry 
for your life. I um, would take a bet. I would take this bet, Bobby. I, I won't be surprised if he's kicking next year, but I don't think it's going to last much longer. Kickers are disposable, and he's going to have a lot to prove. Just wait until they keep him around, but bring someone into training camp to compete with him and realize they can get someone at the league minimum who just came out of college and has a leg. and Or they go find some soccer player from halfway around the world or something. There's just, you know... They're kind of disposable. Hmm. Or he's going to get the yips and really just never be able to kick again. That could be. Uh, I'd hate to make this an all sports show. So let's (laughs) move on to cereal, which Luke likes. Andrew doesn't. And someone muttered Sergeant McPeanut butter. I think Andrew did. (laughs) He's got that right, but he can't. Better than Bowie Bergdahl. Yeah. Bowie Bergdahl. Are you guys what? Listening to this? I am. Yeah. I'm too behind, so I don't know. But um, what are your thoughts? You have plenty of time to catch up now. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I think that it's not as compelling as last year, but Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it for what it is. And I think if people were expecting to get last year's cereal again, that's a really tall order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it. Uh, I think that it's smart that they're going to space it out only because with the Adnan case that already I mean he was almost done with all of his appeals I mean it's almost just doesn't matter anymore and so it can't affect the case that much I mean we find out now that it it's it helped but with this one it's live mm-hmm. I think that it should be I don't know it, right. So it's just very different. But, it's hard for no. them to recap something that hasn't happened yet. I wonder how much of an impact this show is going to have on his. Exactly. That's why it should have. They should wait. They should have waited. Because you know the NPR set is going to rally behind him now. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, like, look at what the Adnan case. He's been doing a bunch of appeals, and just now he gets to put in evidence. Right. That he's been trying for years to get. It's too bad Adnan's lawyer died because I would have loved to hear her defend <sighs> Bowie Bergdahl. <laughs> <laughs> he had to leave the he platoon. Did you or did you not? <laughs> uh, Luke reads to us from The Coming World Crisis. Oh, Nelly. I want a copy of this book. It was on Amazon. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go look for one, but I will. Uh, And while I'm at it, if it's an add-on item, that's okay, because I also need some blackstrap molasses, which I imagine I can get on Amazon Prime. (laughs) You probably get 300 pounds of wheat there, too. (laughs) When Andrew's like, I don't know. I just don't know what I would do with wheat. And I felt the same way. Why are you having 300 pounds of wheat? Well, and it was a real blind spot that they didn't then tell you what to do with it. Right. So this book seems, yeah, Bobby, please get it. Because I feel that either Luke was only reading a first chapter and then didn't tell us more because I need to know, are there recipes? Yeah. Are there other, I mean, does this book go into why the world's going to end? 
Right, you get down I mean, into I your know. bomb shelter or the the school bus that you've buried in your backyard. You get down in there and <laughs> and you're sitting on 300 pounds of wheat, going, "Hmm." Oh, it's on Amazon for 8.94. We're looking at it at the same time. I want to I want to frame the cover. <laughs> yeah. So, is the cover the only indication of why the world's going to end? There's some military guys, and there's some there's a very prominently featured Middle Eastern fellow. So that's probably it. Of course, there is. <laughs> But this was a minister of their weird cult church that they went to. So if they go, if they go, if they got into that. There's no reviews. That's because everybody is too busy prepping. Mm -hmm. They've read it and then they've jumped to action. It's only 130 pages. I'm not sure how complete it could be. Um, Well, you know, it's not a library. It's only one book. It's a companion piece. You get the joy of underground cooking to go with it. <laughs> joy of <laughs> underground cooking. Uh, I I hate to admit this. I'm going to say this, and I did not plan to say this. I'm not a prepper, I swear. And mm-hmm. I think that the people who are preppers are crazy. But I, but... I take a small <laughs> amount of interest and joy in the stuff. Like, I don't want a basement full of wheat and freeze-dried food and garbage like that but i'm infinitely fascinated but i think it's the boy scout in me from you know i really regret saying boy scout in me <laughs> you meant i think boy it scout harkens leader. back to mm-hmm. when i was a boy scout <laughs> uh and and the whole be prepared nonsense and uh some of you listen to our we some of us are friends with the hosts of the Eureka podcast, uh, and recently they have shit on people who wear utility knives on their belt, mm-hmm. and I do. I wear a Leatherman every day, everywhere except here because I had to fly here, and I use it almost daily for some stupid thing that I would be thoroughly inconvenienced by if I didn't have it with me. And I feel like preppers are just that times a million. Yeah, and have you ever seen the show Preppers? The Doomsday Preppers? Yes, I have. Yeah, Doomsday. So what's weird about it is that they all have their theory on what's going to make Mm -hmm. the world end. It's like a banking crisis or World War III or um, whatever. Gay marriage. A solar flare. Right. Chemtrails. Like they all have their own thing. That's going to happen. And I think that's the part that makes them crazy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, The irrational fear is the part that sends them Mm -hmm. over the edge. They should all be on coast to coast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mockingbird Lane is from the Munsters, and Luke hates the Fallout Boy song Uma Thurman. That was an awful song. It was so bad. What I... um... So when they talked about who the song is supposed to appeal to, I was thoroughly offended that they tried to say it was Green Day fans. That's all I'm going to say about that. I agree. Okay. That's also because their musical references are that dated. Right. It's like the best thing Creed, ICP, Green Day, and uh, <laughs> what's that other band that everyone hates that loves to hate? Nickelback. Nickelback. Nickelback, yeah. Don't forget Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa, fighting words. <laughs> I'm I'm just always glad when they um, when they hate music because then they're on my page because that ah. is some really bad music. That is almost 
intentionally bad. It's like there's someone's daring you to like a song yet yeah. people like it. So I just think that they're the target audience is dummies and that's a big audience, huge audience. <laughs> I true. think it's for 12 year olds. Yeah. I'm trying to look up where it peaked on the billboard Hot 100. I'd never heard it until they played it on the show. Oh, I've heard it a zillion times in my life just without all the dumb lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) That song is like burned into my brain from childhood. But Mm -hmm. boy, when they come in with those lyrics, I it's. Did you watch it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. My brother really liked it, so I watched. uh, Yeah, it was a good show. Some monsters, yeah. It peaked at twenty-two on the Hot 100, so. uh, Yeah. That's still too high. Carson Daly had to say something nice about it at some point. <laughs> um, to Thursday, 2033, Beverly Hills, Doc. Andrew's popping pills, but it's not anything fun. It's Cephalexin. Uh, and we have a ton of sad news at the top of this show. Um, before we get into uh, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber dying. Uh, a loss to the fan community, and and some of us have closer connections to PJ than others. I don't know. I never. I don't know PJ. I only know him because I know of Nick through Grapes of Rad. But mm-hmm. uh, PJ Allers passed away last week, um, and that's extremely sad. Luke's been talking about his podcast. I'm dying here. I listened to the first six episodes of that, and then I got sidetracked, and they're just so heavy that it's really hard to throw it on in the background. And so yeah. I have, it's really creepy to me now. And it's so sad. Every time I look at my phone right now, my podcasts, I have the last four episodes of that show knowing there will be no more. Mm-hmm. Um, not to make it about me. It's not, but like, it's just the sad reminder that PJ died last week. No, but that's how you experience it. And like my mom died in 2006 and uh, on my phone, I had like voicemails from her you know, that I would listen to. And when I finally switched phones, it was sad. It's just how you experience, you know, someone else's death. You know, it's, it's, it's all right to think about your reaction to it. Yeah. Well, you know, and I don't, I didn't know PJ. I I hardly know Nick. I've never met him in person, but um, you know, it's such a sad and compelling story. I would say people should go listen to it. Even now Um, it makes for some really interesting, thoughtful Certainly not like this. It's much more thoughtful than what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's the uh, I'm Dying Here podcast. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has thoughts about PJ before we move on. No, great, I yeah. think, great name yeah. for a podcast. It uh, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Funny, funny guy. Really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to someone that we know more collectively, which is Alan Rickman, Christy. Uh, this one got me <laughs> and all the tributes to him. Like uh, people have made shrines at the, in King station, the actual one in London, they have a platform nine and three quarters where you can pose like you're going through the wall and stuff. And that's become a shrine to him. And just seeing pictures of that, I, I just, it's just, I can't <laughs> do it. And then at um, the Warner brothers, Harry Potter wizarding world, they have his little 
classroom that you can go into and that's become a little shrine too. I think you and I were trying to decide whether it would be appropriate to post the picture of Hans Gruber falling off Nakatomi Plaza one last time. <laughs> I say always go with funny. I think that that's something that he would have done, which I always hate when people are like, oh, they would have loved that. But yeah. he was so funny and clever and just, I think he would have thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, now he's falling off the great Nakatomi Plaza in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christy and I could probably nerd out about this more between her love of Harry Potter and my love of Die Hard, but do you guys have <laughs> thoughts here? Mm, I mean, of course it was sad, and I like the Harry Potter stories. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't hit me all that hard, though, I gotta say. I liked if him in everything I saw him in, but I haven't seen any any of the Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. If we want to go back to being cynical, we can hate all the people who are making sure we guard all of our other favorite British actors. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Okay. I'm not going to go into it, but yes, thank you for saying that. <laughs> How do you guard someone against cancer? I know. Right. If, if that were a thing, wouldn't we all do that? Right. If only oh, I had been more on guard before Emily got cancer. If, if only I had been. Yeah. If only, if only someone just like her had died before and you said, please guard right. Emily. Has anyone checked in with Emily today? Yeah. yeah. Christy, you're getting so emotional. You're blowing out your mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll just, um, we'll, we'll keep podcasting while we take turns on standing watch around Sir Ian McKellen. Or uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. <laughs> um, top story for Thursday is, uh, uh, fudged data from the poop doctor at Washington <laughs> yeah. State University. I had no feelings about this until the email on Friday. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to that. We'll get it when okay. we get there. Uh, I did note that Luke calls a tire that they played in his kids the shit pit, <laughs> which I wanted to call this episode of LRB, but uh, uh, Jeremy says we can't put swears in the title. Yeah, iTunes is really stupid about that. Uh, so uh, watch yourselves in the shit pit, guys. We got um, an extended music conversation, which is not normal for TBTL, about covers and – not covers, um, samples of Son of a Preacher Man. Mm -hmm. And Andrew, like, produced an actual segment on it. That was great. I thought I was listening to After These Messages. Yeah. No, it's a good it, – that's a good song. Yeah. As soon as he, as soon as Luke said, "That's such a great song. Why has no one sampled it?" I was like, "Are you joking me?" Yeah. I'm sure that that was a collective eye roll from all the tents. <laughs> I'm surprised no one's done anything better. All those songs that you played were pretty terrible. Yeah, um, I feel like you could do something a lot better with it. Yeah, uh, I have a lady scientist question, Meredith. Mm -hmm. Do numbers have colors to you? No. This sounds so ridiculous to me. I'm sorry. I know this is a real thing for some people, but arguing about it makes me want to cry. <laughs> it just makes me want to play Uno. I do agree that yellow is green. That's all. I mean, it, three <laughs> is yellow. Sorry. It's an individual thing. Why do you about it? <laughs> I, I don't have any of this, so I just don't know. <laughs> no. um, we got a, an amazing 
voicemail. And we get two voicemails on the show. One is from listener Daniel letting us know that the Arby's that the guy's at is a hole in the ground now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other is that uh, Stubot calls in with a special message from a young student from St. Cloud, Minnesota. And th- I don't think there's any talking about this that will live up to just playing the clip. So I think we should make that our clip of the week, guys. Here I go once again with the email. Every week, I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man, it's not from a female. Uh, I'm told what we actually have here are two females, one of them from our good friend and uh, professional blogger, uh, the Stubot. Um, I, what it said, what you sent me a little list of the things we do in the feedback section, and it just said a very special message from Stu and his family. That is all I know about this. You know what? Yeah, let's not even. I'm not going to overexplain this. Hey, one. Andrew, uh, the uh, sixth graders at uh, Saint Cloud South Junior High heard you tried to make that Blair Walsh project joke happen again and again on <laughs> Wednesday's show, and uh, a lot of them were just you know they just uh, there were some letters of support to make you feel a little you know add a little sunshine to your day. Um, here's one from Piper. Um, she's just again sixth grader at South Junior High. Dear Andrew Walsh, you are the best sidekick in the universe. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> the Blair Walsh project joke probably seemed like a good scoop at the time and worth the repeated efforts despite the diminishing returns. <laughs> Luke and the ten still appreciate you. And now you held the podcast next time. I hope your problem here gets better. Love Piper. P.S. Go bounds. P.P.S. No high heels. P.P.P.S. Baba Booey. Fluff, fluff, flow high. Oh my God, that's great. I'm always excited for the Howard Stern fans of TBTL mm-hmm. when something like this comes up. <laughs> I loved it. I need to know does she listen to Howard Stern? Do we know? Was oh, that some daughter? Yes, dude. Did you have to feed her that line or did she know Baba Booey? Well, I need to know if he fed her all the lines. It sounded like she was reading to me. Yeah. But, I mean, does she listen to TBTL? I hope not. <laughs> Steve, Steve, we need to know. We yeah, need we to know. Need- did you write Piper's lines? Or d- does she know these things? <clears throat> That's it. All right. Under Friday- Either way, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you, Stu, for even if you did force feed her those lines, thank you for manipulating your family for our entertainment. <laughs> Are we ready for Friday? We're we're running out of time on the clock here. Let's go. Uh twenty thirty-four, a diaspora of tens. Andrew is in a fight with listener Heidi over the color three. Um talk of the classic phrase, there are no stupid questions. Mm-hmm. I I truly believe that there are no stupid questions just stupid people that ask questions <laughs> if you weren't stupid you wouldn't ask that question <laughs> and, I, and i even blew that i should have said stupid people who ask questions because mm-hmm. when you say that it's not correct yeah well they're not they're not worth calling people i guess i i can't even i can't figure that out although i just looking at our notes uh we're all hovering over or around meredith's response to there are no stupid questions Yes, there are. <laughs> She's the scientist, so we're going to mm-hmm. go with it. Yep. 
Uh, Carrie calls Luke's ex-wife requesting drops of Jupiter at, was it a strip club? Her bachelorette party. Bachelorette party. As a salmon-colored flag. (laughs) Do you think she was saying that about the ex-wife? I thought that Luke was saying Carrie came up with the term salmon color flag and that would be useful in that way, but not necessarily this story Carrie has said is. I don't understand why he would have equated them so directly if it wasn't directly from Carrie. Oh. I mean, he it's possible he was just talking out incident, of his ass. And he, yeah. you know. um, but I love salmon color flag. Yeah, That's too. amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. we all have seen those. Yeah. I wonder what number salmon color is. <laughs> 45. Wow. Kenny Easley. <laughs> Obviously 13, Christy. Come on. Oh, geez. Uh, Luke VB6's after hours at McDonald's twice. Oh. And the drive through guy calls him on it. I love that guy. That is such a big <laughs> no-no. I cannot believe you did that. <laughs> um, I don't think i've ever gone back through a drive-thru twice in the same sitting <laughs> like i don't think i've eaten in the parking lot and thought that wasn't <laughs> yeah. shameful enough let's right. do it again <laughs> right right um well this is just like how luke orders two drinks so that it yeah, looks but like he a- didn't order two drinks right Right, he, he ordered one. Yeah. I, I just think the eating in the parking lot is the weird part. Yeah. Was he trying to hide it from Carrie? Is his car the new chamber? He's trying to hide it from God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have this thought when I order Chinese food. My shame is measured in how many fortune cookies they put in the bag because that's how many people <laughs> they think are eating. Yeah. That's but they, more fortune cookies for you. Right. As, as Cake would call them, these these Orientals, they're very inscrutable, but they will tip their hand by how many fortune cookies they stick in the to go bag. <laughs> Just keeping that streak alive. Yep. Um, yep. Andrew says the drive-thru guy was out of line and and cites the social contract that when you're checking out at like a grocery store, the the person working the register should never comment on what you buy. <laughs> uh, and his example is a giant tub of Vaseline and 500 pixie sticks or something to that effect. I didn't right. rewind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who hasn't bought that? <laughs> yeah. I think it's okay if the person is complimentary or or – not not of you, but of like your choice, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's an that's an excellent sandwich. You're really going to enjoy that. But this happens at Trader Joe's every single time oh, I go through yes. because they're so chatty. But there's they don't sell lube. They don't sell yeah. You know, um, and it's usually if I'm buying dog food or a cat scratcher, they go, oh, tell me about your you know. Yeah, that's it's fair. just they I think that, that it might be policy that they're supposed to comment on one thing or I they compliment so. you. Oh, this is great. Have you tried this? Or, you know. Yeah. They're just always selling their stuff. Yeah, because they never say like, "Oh, those chips." Ugh. Right. <laughs> the worst. Uh, we were. Like, I always get at Costco. We have these. Where were those? Because they have. <laughs> yeah. the, you know how they have like rotating stock, and sometimes yeah. they don't ever get something back. Yeah. Right. That's um, good. 
last time I went to Trader Joe's, the cashier commented on a box of Weedabix that we were buying and how great Weedabix is. And I just looked at him. I was like, no one thinks Weedabix is great. uh, (laughs) Come on. Weedabix is... um, it's a great uh, source of fibers. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. You go through the cashier and, and he just goes, Oh yeah, great. That that that'll keep you regular. Yeah, you're gonna be shitting <laughs> yeah. your brains out. <laughs> uh uh says Andrew teases too hard. He probably loves I, too hard. I can well. see that. <laughs> Let's leave it there. The top story uh is the Rhode Island, God bless, so close yes. to my home. Mm-hmm. The Rhode Island official with the press conference with the bus driver dressed as a little old lady. Not little. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you guys have any theories about why this could be? Because I couldn't come up with anything pl- more plausible than what she said. Yeah. I buy it. I yeah. I do buy it. I think it was. It's not like there's a lack of old people in right. in Rhode Island. No. Or at a senior center. Trust me, I work in family restaurants where <laughs> as I'm coming in at 6, 6.30 to set up my stuff, they're all heading home for the night after dinner. No. <laughs> they are out there. Uh, I just, the news audio is incredible. And that's my local newscasters. It was so <laughs> weird to hear, like the guy I watch every day. They were going uh, after it. I, I like their, mm-hmm. their They're journalism. actually really good about that. JAR, the NBC affiliate in Providence, is actually really good. Uh, I love that they called it his Mrs. Doubtfire moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this sounds like exactly the kind of hijinks that would happen uh, with a Rhode Island politician. It's just so homespun. Everything here is uh like that i just can't even uh, they played the connecticut mayor tape with the tacos mm-hmm. was they he hungry think- when they were interviewing him because he just <laughs> yeah. wouldn't get off food uh, that job always makes me hungry he talks about spaghetti he talks <laughs> about tacos yeah why can't Polish he have it all food. uh i have a friend a, a colleague in pawtucket who works for the city and his Facebook status last night was Colombian this afternoon, Chinese tonight, regular United Nations. I am. And he's checking in at a Chinese restaurant in Pawtucket. And the timing of this just made me laugh so hard. Uh, these guys are really proud of their diet diversity. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat any kind of food. I don't care. <laughs> um, emails. Fletch comes in. This was my favorite email of the week. And Christy, it's the one you were talking yeah. about from yesterday. A scientist emails in to say that that guy from Washington State University was his teacher and told him he would never amount to anything. And this guy just wrote in to say, fuck you to that guy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, that's something everyone dreams of, right? Yeah. Um, Meredith, do you have any sciencey stories like this? Did anyone ever tell you you couldn't be a scientist? Anyone besides Mike tell you you couldn't be a scientist? <laughs> no, he's the first. I'm- they all encouraged me and were really supportive and kind. Yeah. All throughout my childhood. Isn't that weird? 
<laughs> I did go and read the poop study. I know this is a little different, but um, I, it's not my field, so I couldn't make a lot of sense out of it. Um, but it was obviously because he had patents that this information oh, would help to bolster sales of. Shady. Yeah. So that's a conflict of interest, and that's why we have to disclose those. I have to fill those forms out all the time. Do I have any conflicts of interest with this study? Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just ethics 101. So he's a he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Are you person. on any pet story shit university? <laughs> Are you on any patents, Meredith? No, 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 nothing like that. We'll work Sometimes, you know, if, uh, doctors will do speaking engagements for drugs. And then if they're involved in a study that, with that drug, they'll have to tell how much money they made from the speaking engagements, things like that. I saw The Fugitive. I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, we have an OPP from listener Emily. Um, an old family friend kid wants a date. You wrote creeper kid in the notes. I say baller kid. He's brave. Yeah. Fifty <laughs> fifty, right? I think I think that was taken from while they were talking. I think the word creepy. Maybe I added it. I don't know. But I, I usually am just writing down what I hear. So uh No, I think they said that, yeah. But I, I think he's really got some balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna get shot down. Well, I wanna so, know but... what the age difference actually is. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't explained really, wasn't. and I didn't read that thread too carefully. Because he was a teenager when she was hanging out with him, I thought. And then she said it was several years later, so he might be in his 20s. But also just, she's not into it, so that's all that matters. Right. Yeah, he's too old for her now. <laughs> <laughs> she really likes him young. That's right. Uh, I don't have any advice for her. I, I would, I mean, shut it down. I don't know. I yeah, have, and just be kind. There's no reason to be mean about it. Mm-hmm. Two words of advice. Stop bragging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a little more football chat. Luke has not changed his stance on the Seahawks and their dominance over Carolina. And just in a few minutes now, we're going to go so we can find out if he's right. Music for your weekend. Luke has Jeff Tweedy, Simple Twist of Fate. Andrew was going to play the Nirvana cover of... Uh, man who sold the world, but then changes his mind and plays Bowie's song for Bob Dylan instead. And listener Felicia writes in, uh, with, uh, Alessa Cara's here, which is a song currently on the billboard hot 100. And it always amazes me when these guys have not heard songs that are on the radio constantly. It's pretty good. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. She's got a couple of songs that are really good. Actually. Uh, she's been in my playlist for a while. It's a great song. I had never heard it. I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, I had never heard it either. But I love it. Yeah. Uh, I was sad about the Nirvana song, but... Yeah, I wanted to hear that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, any housekeeping that we haven't already covered? Um. Yes, I just wanted to thank uh, a friend of the show, Patricia Lopez, for the laptop desk that she sent me. Is what? that what it's called? Uh, it's that- called it's called a meadow lap desk. <laughs> right, you're doing the show from a meadow right now. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I call it the Patricia Lopez Memorial uh, laptop desk, but she's not dead, so it yeah, can't be a memorial, I guess. Honorary, honorary, she's it's an honorific okay. killer. <laughs> honorary, okay, yeah. Right now, it's broadcasting live from it. It's it's like an endowed chair at the symphony. It's the it's. 
the uh, Patricia Lopez endowed lap desk. <laughs> yeah, I because I said I just offhandedly when Bobby was bragging about his said that it's the only thing on my Amazon wish list, and then a couple days later it appeared. <laughs> so sweet. You need I know. To start putting more stuff on your Amazon wish list. <laughs> <I guess so>. <laughs> <laughs> Do they sell uh, Lexuses? I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how to get involved. I think we're ready for that. Find us online at littleredbandwagon.com, on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon, and occasional appearances in the Stens page. For better or for worse, our personal Twitters, I'm at RL Pape, Mike's at Drew McFrizz, Christy Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S. The show, t- oh, I skipped a line. Uh, that's <laughs> how you know we don't use the same tape of this every week. Jeremy at Dad's for Not. I don't know why Jeremy is before Meredith. I think it's that's a mistake. Let me reread those personal Twitters in the correct order. (laughs) Ladies first. Christy, Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S, followed by Meredith Mahan. Meredith underscore Mahan, no Y. Now age before beauty. Mike Frizzell is at Drew McFrizz, and I am at RL Pape. And producer Jeremy, because he doesn't have a microphone, goes last at dadstronaut the show twitter is at lrb podcast you can email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com our voicemail leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-tbtl that's 802-432-tbtl does anyone have any podcasts we need to plug hmm. not me nope buy stickers do archiving yep i like <laughs> it let's uh get out of here we're we're one minute shy of our deadline <laughs> Uh, until next time, this is the next party. And I love you, Jen. You know, you rock. When you roll, what do you see? Yuck. Nailed it. Did we do it? Always say no yes hawks. to biking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's never wait for biking. <laughs> Nailed it.